0: I usually like to keep a certain amount of distance between myself and the residents, but you are just so fucking fascinating. What? I've never seen anyone fight their destiny so hard while simultaneously propelling themselves towards it. I mean, you narrowly escaped death, twice, and then still snuck into the underworld. (laughs) Who does that? Yeah, I still have no idea who you are. Hades. Hades? (laughs) Hades? <laughs> like, the gosh. I told you. Low profile. OK, so what the hell are you doing talking to me? Look, okay, is this about the metro- No, it's not about that. It's much more big picture. Let's talk about your future as a librarian. Or not. This is about that quest, isn't it? Let me tell you something about that it doesn't matter easy for a god to say spoiler alert magic always comes back it may take a millennia and your entire species verging on the brink of extinction but it will because ultimately magic's a carrot gods use to keep humans in check
1: oh my god i love that clip so much he's so amazing um hi everyone welcome back to physical kids weekly i'm clara and i'm danny and we're back this week to talk about episode 310, The Art of the Deal, written by Christina Strain. So before we get into the episode, I'll, I'll give a quick recap. Um, on Earth, Fed and Julia get the Fairy Queen's help to free Skye and the other enslaved fairies from the McAllisters, while in Fillory, Margot and Elliot play divide and conquer with their enemies to convince them to back off. And in the Underworld, Penny makes a divine ally, helps an old friend, and joins a book club? So I'll start with our usual question, Danny. What did you think of the episode? This is a great episode. Um, I think like a
2: lot of people kind of saw the last episode, the musical episode, as kind of like a filler episode,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and this definitely is not that. It was
1: exciting. I feel like the the musical episode did a really good job of like. Bringing just some, some like happiness and light back because we had like a lot of heavy episodes and this one is heavy Mm -hmm. too. But it feels like it was a good, like it was a good transition through that. Like, do something really fun and then like get deep down and like murder a whole bunch of people. Yeah. (laughs) I
2: feel like that was a delightful dark. I feel like people wanted that.
1: So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was both hard to watch and very satisfying to watch, which is kind of a tough combination to to pull off. um so yeah, we should we should get down to it. And the first thing that I have up on my docket to discuss is Hades because I fucking called it. <laughs> I mean, we both called it, yeah, we yeah, yeah, it. we did. <laughs> but I'm just so I am so satisfied by that by the fact that, like, one episode after, we're like, "Who is it? Is it Hades?" Hades shows up, which yeah. I mean, I guess that doesn't necessarily absolutely mean that he's the one like pulling the strings for the quest, but it sure seems like it.
2: Especially if you take into consideration that Demon Todd was like, "I only listen to him. He's like the only person I would do it for." And it's like, why would he do that for anyone other than Hades? Well, he's I a think- demon.
1: <laughs> it has to be somebody who's like a big fucking deal. But yeah, I mean like for a demon it makes a special kind of sense that it would be Hades. And I think like I've been I've been wondering a lot since I saw this episode only like 2 days ago about um how the like what this means for like the overall Mythological ecosystem of the magicians Cause we've seen so many Different things um, That that don't necessarily connect Like the, the demon was supposed to be German And we've seen fairies and we've seen like Um Bacchus is I mean also Dionysus But like they called him Bacchus so they went with The Roman name Um and like this is mm-hmm. the first time where you have Two characters who we've met Uh Olu who we've been told is Persephone and uh Hades, who, like, exist in the same story. hmm So, I don't know. I mean, did you... Have you been thinking about that? Have you been thinking at all about, like, the, the mythology and where it's going?
2: I, I definitely have. Um, as, you know, I've tweeted you a couple of, <laughs> of my theories. And I feel like our our Rafe theory just keeps expanding. That's <laughs> true. I'm like, but, like, who is he working for? <laughs> he's got to be working for someone. I don't know if it's the Varys anymore.
1: Oh, that's right. You um, texted me, like, was it It was this morning where you were like, what if Rafe is, um, like, a, a sleeper agent for Hades or something like that, right?
2: Yeah, like, a god. Like, he could be a god. <laughs>
1: he
2: could um, be. And I threw out Apollo, and the only reason I threw out Apollo is because right, he's the one nice. that does that shit to Cassandra, and she's already a part of it, so...
1: Right. So, actually, why don't we why don't we do like a kind of quick recap of some of the like major myths that we think are involved? So, I mean, first, just the like Persephone and Hades one is is pretty straightforward. So, um, Persephone is the daughter of Zeus and Demeter, um, and Hades kidnapped her to the underworld. And I'm trying to remember like what else is salient about that. She becomes the the queen of the underworld, um, mm-hmm. and this isn't really part of the like. Mythology per se but like there's a lot of There are a lot of sort of like Cults around um, Around uh, Persephone In in history there's like all sorts of Weird artifacts that sort of Show that that she has a very There's like a very particular goddess worship of her
2: That would make sense Considering like O.L.U
1: In general And in the books how they worship her and Yeah exactly Um and I think, like, was does Hades does he rape Persephone? Do you remember that? Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. He does. That's what I thought. And so there's there's kind of a like symmetry between the story of Hades and Persephone and the story of who the um of Julia and Reynard, who in the Magicians universe is Persephone's son. So there's this Hades, weird, like, cyclic shit going on. Hades has kind of always
2: been sort of more of, like, not necessarily villain in mythology, but kind of, like, an anti-hero. Mm. Um, a little bit of both, always straddling, because it's, like, he is kind of given a shit hand as far as being a god. Um, always that ends with, like, his brothers. Yeah.
1: Um, and did you want to say a little bit about the about Apollo? So
2: Apollo is the god that that, that uh, ultimately does uh, what happens to Cassandra. He's the one that makes that happen, and that's the only reason I would say that Rafe might be him. I'm I'm not
1: the expert on mythology. I think we'd have to have Cat on to yeah, to do for sure. that. <laughs> I was- but yeah. One of the other things I was thinking, so one of the other theories we had about who's running the show um, was this idea that like maybe it's Shiva if we're not in Greek mythology. and one of the things I found fascinating about that speech that Hades gives um that we, that we played at the beginning of the episode is that he's really like pointing to that cyclic nature of of like magical loss and um, rebirth and that like, ending is so is just so fascinating to me that like it's always going to come back because the gods always want humans to have magic so that they have something to sort of take away and hang hold over their heads maybe they're making hades and like the same character kind of like how
2: they did olu and yeah persephone how that like all mythologies kind of like come together
1: I was thinking about that, and I was also thinking about your Rafe theory and wondering if 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 maybe we're actually m- – m- we talked about, like, either Hades or Shiva running the show, and I wonder if it's kind of, like, both maybe, and maybe, like, this whole cyclical thing that's going on. Maybe Hades is the same maybe, – maybe they're setting it up to be the same, the way that they did OLU and Persephone, like you said, or maybe there's another – maybe that's just a hint for something else to come. And then, I don't know, maybe Rafe is Shiva. That would be cool. That would be really awesome, right? (laughs) Yeah. And unexpected.
2: There's there's so many things and, like, people it can be. Like, there's so much in mythology. um, Yeah. And I feel like we've just kind of started it.
0: Um, Yeah. But
2: it all, like, reminds me of it it, going back to the books and the original Richard, the one that's not in the show, but the books, and how he's like, you know, we've been giving these tools – yeah. From the gods And like that's how he obtained magic And he was pretty religious about it But
1: You know I didn't make that connection But that's a, that's a good one to make To the kind of like view That Hades is espousing about magic mm-hmm. The other thing I thought about is Like that view is actually kind of It's a little different From what we get in the books Because like most of what we get about Why magic is gone And why humans had in the first place In the books comes from Penny Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually, I want to talk about Penny too, while we're talking, while we're still relatively close to Hades, because I was thinking about how in the books he ends up in this really kind of powerful position in the library. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of wondering if like him, you know, he's joining the book club or whatever, but like if him accepting his fate and sort of deciding, like deciding to double down on, on being dead and not to like pine forever after the life that he had is the first step toward that
2: probably i mean he becomes like a literal master of the order in the book right yeah yeah all themselves yeah um and i mean i like that they're kind of guiding it back towards like it seems like they're guiding it back towards like book penny's journey and um they finally found like a perfect way to do it. And I don't necessarily think that Hades was telling him that the keys are unsuccessful because he doesn't want them to have them. Hmm. But I think he just knows that Penny is like, it has a great destiny ahead of him. And, um, also, he was slightly flirting with Penny. I need to point that
1: out. <laughs> uh, I also we haven't said this yet, but Michael Luoya, who plays um, Hades in this episode, is amazing. I saw him as Hamilton in Hamilton. He was like so incredible there. I actually like hadn't heard any of the Hamilton music ahead of time, so I went and saw that, and he was mm-hmm. my first Hamilton. And like, I had the odd experience of like going back and listening to Lin Manuel Miranda and being like, this doesn't, this isn't my Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is kind of the unusual one but yeah it was like it's really great to see him this episode he was amazing he has a very godly bearing i'm into it his voice was very smooth
2: <laughs> i loved it yeah he he was absolutely an inspirational
1: choice for for Hades oh my god so great and i
2: have no idea like how they got that but i'm glad they did
1: yeah me too um so one of the other things i was wondering is Um, it feels to me like with the Persephone and Hades thing and with, um, Penny sort of becoming aligned with Hades and Julia having sort of always been aligned with OLU slash Persephone, if the show is trying to set up a conflict between the two of them.
2: Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. They always have conflicts already together. Do they? I guess they have I mean, some, Julia yeah. and Penny don't like each other.
1: Yeah, but I feel like, I i don't know, it's been hard for me to distinguish that from, like, Penny's normal, you're a person who I haven't decided is mine yet. <laughs> True. Um,
2: I mean, they definitely like their relationships a little bit better, it seems like, uh, since that episode when Penny first says he's gonna leave and then
1: doesn't. Yeah. But... The other thing I was thinking of was, um, if there might be a battle between the gods on, on the show. And I don't really know if that's motivated by anything we've seen, but I just sort of started thinking about how, like, the fairies are about to start this battle against the people who enslaved them. Um, and it's a little unclear to me, like, how far that's going to go, um, like how far that's going to extend, um... I mean, it seems
2: like there's only one of them left. At least from what we can tell, there's only one
1: McAllister. Well, there's only one McAllister left. But I was kind of wondering, like, whether they see just the McAllisters as their enslavers, or whether they think of it more broadly as like any anyone who has ever in some way been an oppressor to them.
2: Oh yeah, like the because it seems like the McAllisters took them in for a deal. Right. Because they weren't the ones that were hunting them originally.
1: Or at least that they weren't the only thing. ones, yeah.
2: That could be a thing. I
1: don't
2: know. I hope they don't, like, take war on Earth too much.
1: I don't think so. I think they'll be going back to the fairy realm. Well, so let's talk about that for a second. Because <laughs> the other thing is that uh, the fairy queen said that the fairy realm was created and is sustained by the sixth key yeah so well, she didn't say the sixth key. It might not be that one. <laughs> I think we're pretty I think I think it's pretty clear, right? Like, because that's the one that they're looking for right now or the it's whatever the one is they're looking for right now is the sixth one. And, like Josh smoked something, which I'm guessing based on the recap was that like same drug that he gave Quentin that allowed him to like see the shades and the same drug that like he and Todd did in that episode in like last season that like lets you see into other worlds so it seems like he's probably seeing into the fairy realm
2: probably I was either thinking it was that or it might be like the final key and then like somehow it it unlocks the other side of Fillory where
1: Mm -hmm. Julia
2: actually goes the other side of Fillory and becomes the queen of the fairies.
1: Well, I've been wondering that because right, like there, there is kind of like an upside down feel to the fairy realm. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and even to the fairy magic, it looks, it just looks very different than any of the magic that we see elsewhere. Um, so I was wondering if like that would end up being the other side of the world, but I don't know that that like, I don't know. I had so Mm -hmm. many thoughts about Mm -hmm. this. Like, is she going to, is Julia going to somehow remake or like find a way to sustain the fairy realm without the key? Um, I feel like she's not going to let them just take it because like Julia's thing now is doing good. And if like, I don't think she's going to let anyone take a key that protects an entire like race or species. At the expense, like just so that they can have magic back,
2: yeah, I'm thinking that Julia's gonna find some sort of alternative to keep the fairy realm open, yeah with her god touched powers,
1: yeah, but I do find it like really what you were saying like i I think that's really interesting, and I think that it probably like it does seem to me like she's gonna end up as like a fairy goddess, um. Instead of, in the book she was a dryad for those of you who haven't read it. Um, So it's kind of like a, it feels like a very similar deal.
2: Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that unfortunately the fairy queen
1: might die. Oh, I hope not. Why do you think she's going to die?
2: I don't know. I feel like that would be the only way that Julia would be able to become the queen would be if she died. I don't think they really step down. That's
1: how it works oh well I wasn't necessarily thinking that she would be the queen I don't I feel like I don't really know exactly yet how it would work but you might be right that's certainly easier (laughs) I'm just thinking like also for the whole
2: fairy thing to like come to a head like that Mm -hmm. would be how like I mean it doesn't matter what Julia's seen and what just happened like the rest of the crew are not gonna forgive the fairy queen just not gonna happen she took Margot's
1: eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think that... Well, I don't know, though. Because also, like... I mean, I think Margot, as unforgiving as she generally is, if anyone is going to be like... Fuck that. Like, I'm... Like, they, there has been an injustice on them. I feel like Margot's one of the ones. Like, I'm just thinking about the... The whole thing with the jack in the beginning of the season, right? Like... Mm -hmm. she does seem to to stick up for what's right when push comes to shove yeah that's true anyway let's talk about the fairies and slavery so i mean first off fuck the mcallister's Mm-hmm. <laughs> the scene with all of them dying that was brutal but uh, I'm pretty sure everyone was if not cheering definitely like solidly sitting back with one eye open and being like yeah that's the right move
2: yeah <laughs> that family just very much like I, I tweeted it out and it very much reminded me of the family and get out just mm. white powerful people <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and doing some equally creepy bullshit uh-huh um yeah what do you think happened to irene McAllister? When's she gonna get dead i have no idea i have a feeling she probably won't show up in the very next episode yeah but that has to come back you can't just leave that thread hanging right it does
2: have to come back. I assume we'll see it towards the end and I don't know what will happen though. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll imprison her.
1: Uh, oh, so one of the other things that I found really interesting in the whole like fairy storyline, um, I found dust really interesting as a character. And partly that's because I'm reading this book right now. That's about the history of slavery in the, in the U S and America um and if you're interested it's called the half has never been told slavery in the making of american capitalism it's by edward baptist and it's very good um one of the things that it talks about is the role of overseers and how that was uh so these are like overseers of slaves on these like large industrial plantations not even just large ones but i think he talks about those ones in particular um and how like this was a role that was effectively like invented by white enslavers to be a role that was filled often by black slaves as like a (laughs) whole new way of abuse. Like they would go to like all sorts of lengths to um, cultivate particular, like particular black slaves to be overseers and, you know, like offer them like, I don't know if I want to say like offer them, uh, rewards but basically like treat them less shitty than everybody else in exchange for like finding ways to turn them against other slaves, and it's I mean it's really fucked up, right? Like they basically invented a whole new variety of abuse. Don't um, they
2: have? Don't they show that in Twelve Years a Slave? Something um,
1: like that. I actually haven't seen Twelve Years a Slave. I know I'm behind. The oh. <laughs> um <laughs> that movie! That movie. Uh is it's very hard to watch yeah um I I definitely need to watch it but yeah I, I really one of the things I really appreciated about this episode was that they they explored that that they like looked at this nuance of it and how like beaten down this one fairy must be after 400 years of being a slave and feeling abandoned by his queen and I mean really being abandoned by his queen for that long um and how like, he's clearly still struggling with it, right? Like in that scene where he tells the fairy, like you'll feel a slight pinch or whatever you can, you can see that like, it still affects him and he still hates it and probably hates himself for it. Um, But I just thought like, I so appreciated that the show dealt with all of those nuances and didn't just go with like, Oh slaves, that's the end of the story.
2: Yeah, I feel like they do a lot of research on this show in general. For sure. Um, which is very good. It's how it should be done. Um, it's a pretty heavy story to bring on there. And I think a lot of people now are just like really feeling for the fairies. Like, yeah. I didn't expect to. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of us are going through the journey that Fen has been going through in the last few episodes. Like, we're seeing what it's—I love that line where Julia and Fen are talking in this episode where um, Fen says—I can't remember what it is, but she, like, says that there's something that—oh, that, like, fairies make her feel gross or something like that. And Julia's just like, and how does slavery make you feel?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah. And seeing her like go to knife dust when she thinks that he is, like, in on it, even though mm-hmm. right, like, even though it is more, it's like super complicated. Uh, just seeing her like become protective of Sky, of a fairy, of what did she, what did she say? They were like beaten children or something like that, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. She said that they were like innocent children
2: and. Yeah. Um, and I think obviously she's replacing like her own daughter with with Sky in a, a little bit psychologically mm. at that moment, but of course she's doing the right thing. Yeah. And I love how she was basically just like, "Well, we'll do it without you regardless." Like, yeah. We're going to fight a
1: way. Yeah. Um, And it's another case where, like, there's a character who has every reason not to forgive, but when push comes to shove, she does the thing that's right over the thing that is, that feels satisfying to her personally or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so, I guess we should, there's a couple things I did want to mention about Fen. I don't really have her on my list, but I do want to just mention that, like, Fen with a cell phone is, like, my new favorite thing. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I was like of
1: course Todd showed her What
2: emoji are <laughs> <Of course. laughs>
1: Yes yes which makes me think If if they don't get together I'm going to be sad Maybe not this season but I feel like like Fen and Todd has to be on the horizon at some point <laughs> I hope so <laughs> They're clearly soulmates <laughs>
2: <laughs> Also the, the, the gif discourse Has come back into yes. another show
1: I also um, say gif so yes that's the correct way i don't care what the creator said um also graphic image that's what it stands for <laughs> you know the, the like the guy who made that who invented them is like insistent that it's GIF.
2: he is he is but he's like basically kind of gone like oh well you know it's up to like interpretation but this is how i say it like
1: because <laughs> he's probably gotten, makes no sense he's probably been trolled so much because he's wrong it's gif where we're gonna get trolled a lot for this <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. Um, yeah. So, uh, I th- oh, the other thing I sort of wanted to mention—we were talking about this a little bit—and I almost forgot was like, okay, so update on Clara's theories about like Fen and um, the key. So, the next episode—this is out there—so I feel like I can say this. The next episode is called. Oh no! It's—is it two down? Which one? One of the episodes coming up is called The Florian Candidate. It's either the next one or the one after that. Um, and that is, like, I mean, it's a pretty obvious reference to The Manchurian Candidate, which is uh, this old movie, and then there have been a couple of remakes. It's kind of like the original sleeper agent story, where I think the, the like, presidential candidate is a sleeper agent. Um, and so, I, as you know, I have been thinking that Fen, like, maybe is a sleeper agent, or if not a sleeper agent, she like, there's something going on with her that, like, is more complicated and she is she plays a larger role in the quest than I think anybody knows. And now I think like the like with Julia and Fen having sort of earned the fairy queen's respect, um it seems like they're both going to have to play a pretty big role in getting that key from the fairy realm. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Well, I still think that, you know, Rafe is the sleeper agent Fair in enough. however way he's
1: going to come in. Something's going on with Rafe. We ha- we. It has been how many episodes since we've seen him? Just too many. Yeah. Obviously. Some- and
2: I'm, so- I'm upset because it's like, I mean, we're going to have a really good reason. They're really good at, like, bringing people back and having a reason. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Josh yeah. in the last episode, everyone was like, where
1: is he? Um, so... But yeah, I've been missing him this season too, especially because, like, so uh, we will be having Sergio on the podcast soon, which I think we're both really excited about. (laughs) Maybe Danny, especially because of this season, because she's got so many questions for him.
2: (laughs) I really do. And I hope that they're answered at least in the episode that we have him on so that I can talk to him about it
1: Yeah but we like I reached out to him right it was like right around when the premiere happened and we're like oh we should have you on this season and then he wasn't on any episodes and so like 3 or 4 weeks ago I sent him another message and I was like Hey, I'm sorry I haven't reached out to you. We don't know when you're coming back. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I can't say when he's coming back, but uh, I was assured that he is. So we can have him on. Um, but yeah, like, he's been gone too long for something not to be up.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so the other character that we need to talk about, clearly, I think, is Josh. Josh is the best. <laughs> he is really hilarious in this episode.
2: I know. I like, he's like stuck just like with two children, just <sighs> fighting over their relationship or lack thereof at this moment. And it's just, I've been there. I feel like everyone's been there. I've been in Josh's shoes.
0: <laughs> just
2: like mediating between. <laughs> and he's like, I just came to have fun. And
1: it's not fun. <laughs> I really loved him on the Mutt Jack though too. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, he's hilarious in this episode. He is the one who who actually figures out why they can't find the key and where it is because drugs, so of course. Um and then there's this like really before that there's this really heartbreaking moment where like he's been back for a whole episode and nobody told him that Victoria died. Victoria, who they they knew, right? Like they knew that at least Quentin knew that Josh had a relationship with Victoria because he was there when she chewed out Poppy,
2: yeah. he's just too busy worrying about his like relationship drama with um <laughs> with Alice
1: <that laughs> always <he> just... perpetually,
2: <laughs> yeah um speaking of the relationship drama i about cracked up when julia was just like hovering in the back and it was like trying oh, yeah. to be quiet like <sighs> oops
1: you actually reminded me because i thought of it at several points after i watched it the first time of one of josh's lines what was it the and poop voices yeah <laughs> i love that um but okay so now that victoria has come back up she's got to come back right
2: I mean, the popular theory out there is that, you know, Harriet had magic when she went through the mirror, and they didn't know that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, she very well could have done something to save them. Maybe because, like, the fact that she could have been touching her, and since she had magic, maybe the tattoos work.
1: Mm. I also kind of wonder, I've been thinking about this a little bit, um... I didn't really question at first, like what a mirror bridge really is, and like what that in between space is, or or where it represents. But it's not nowhere, right? Like, they talked about the mirror bridge collapses, they disappear, but there's a lot of in between spaces in this universe. We have the Netherlands, we have the underworld, which we now know is a way station. We have the fairy realm. Like, there's a lot of places that are not quite fully real that still are not a place where you like necessarily are dead mm-hmm. like even the underworld you yeah. can visit if you're alive if a dragon lets you
2: true um they could be in the underworld for all we know yeah just waiting in between it could be in like purgatory
1: yeah like actual purgatory as opposed to the under so there's an underworld way station and then there's a purgatory and then there's a hell
2: maybe they haven't confirmed that's
1: true we actually don't know what is on the other side right like that there is that room where you confess all your secrets or whatever and then I feel like
2: the show would probably never like ever say like there's a heaven or hell just because it's like We'll never have that, like, answer until we cross over. So it's, like, unless one of the characters crosses over. But I don't think they would show it. Like, I think they would just be gone.
1: Well, and I don't know that anything is ever that black and white in the show, right? Like, there's there's so many... I think, like, heaven would be too much on one side of things. Hell would be too much on the other side of things. I, I feel like they tend to they tend to do middle spaces more, just period. Mhm. Yeah. Um okay, anything else you wanted to talk about in this episode?
2: Um I think we covered Oh, there's I guess there's one thing we should probably cover. Yeah. Um
1: Elliot and Idri. Oh yeah, obviously. God, we're so bad at ships this season. <laughs> but yeah, that was great. That was that was incredibly hot. We actually didn't talk about Margot and Elliot's storyline at all.
2: Yeah, I just felt like it was very much just them being them, scheming, and um, but that was like the most important part about it. Just like <laughs> and the fact that they would offer um, the children of Fillory magic, like we will teach yeah. them, we will figure out, like. How to open a break bill is a fucking fillery, basically.
1: It's it's funny too because I feel like that like right, right, like that philosophy basically aligns them or allies them more closely with Harriet and her cause. Right? Yeah, like that's more about making magic democratic and not having it be a thing that is is just for the select few. Hmm. I wonder my brain is like going all sorts of places in this, but I wonder how that's going to fit into the whole God thing too, right? Like, cause if the gods are using it as a carrot, it might be that they're trying to like meet out. Oh shit. I'm having so many theories. It might be that like the gods only want to give it to certain people because they want to control it. And they want to like keep that imbalance of power, right? Like the gods are sort of maybe thriving off of the fact that there's like that magic creates this like upper class and this lower class um mm-hmm. <laughs> among humans and like gives that like through that gives them more control. And if that's the case, then remember when we did the fan theory special, how somebody was talking about how like they thought maybe the librarians were fighting against the gods? Maybe that's not it. Maybe the librarians are like protecting what the gods want.
2: Maybe. Also, I mean this Alice confirms that she's working for the library.
1: Right, yes. That is another important thing that we almost forgot to mention. Alice confirms she's working for the library.
2: Yeah, which is kind of a big deal. I mean, I don't think it's as sinister as it sounds, because, like, I mean, she's under the impression that she's doing good. And I definitely, I don't know how I feel about what the library wants. Like, I, I can't yeah. tell. Like, if they're working for the gods, then probably bad if they're not then maybe they do just want magic back
1: yeah I really don't know what the library wants either shit (laughs) um okay so somebody asked about thoughts on Irene's map are you looking at the thing there's a picture so it might be good to look at that one
2: interesting
1: So this is from Adam. Any thoughts on Irene's map from 307? Seems like a big clue to me. So it looks like there's, like, these pins. There's a whole bunch that, like, seem to center in Europe. And actually, maybe that's in England. Like, maybe that's where the first door is. Four, five, six, seven, Mm -hmm. eight. There's, like, nine strings leading out from it. So it can't be the keys. But it could be something else. If Irene... So, given that Irene is, like, a fairy enslaver, my first guess would be that those are about, like, places where they know fairies are on Earth.
2: This could also not be Irene's map, and it could be, because she's stationed at Brakeville's now, and it could have been Dean Foggs, and this could be where the schools are.
1: Oh, that's true. Um, you're right. That could be... That could be Dean Foggs. Um... Because I'm thinking, because I see one way down
2: south, and it's looking like it could be Brakeville South. Yeah, um, and I know that there's plenty of magic schools. Except the only weird thing about that is just the strings, because there's also just a lot of like pins as well.
1: Well, and I guess the another big question is why is the like center in in England? I'm I'm guessing that that's England. I'm guessing that's where. Uh, where, um, what's-his-face, pedophile asshole lives. Yeah, Chatwin. <laughs> not not Chatwin, it's the, the one who wrote him. Plover, there we uh, go. Oh, no, no.
2: Plover, yes.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know. That's really weird. I mean, there's a lot of things it could be.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I'm i not I'm not thinking it's Irene's, though, because she just kind of like took over Brickles and hasn't really changed anything.
1: I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right that if that is at if that is at break, bills that it's probably fogs. Um, the other possibility. So you remember in the books, he has a globe that like lights up to tell him when somebody does magic somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering maybe if that's the equivalent of that. I feel like the strings also kind of don't quite fit into that, but yeah. Um, okay, so next question. Kim asks, she, she wants to know what our thoughts are about Penny's higher calling. So what do you think Penny's going to be? I mean, it's the books, it's the order, it's, that's, that's it. Yeah, so Kim, if you haven't read, if you haven't read He's the just books. following that, Destiny. If you haven't read the books, in, in them, um, Penny joins the library in, in sort of a different fashion, um, and he ends up sort of running this, this thing called The Order, which basically... They protect magic, they sort of cultivate it, they keep an eye on the gods, um, all that sort of stuff. Is there anything I missed in that? No. So there's a possibility, so we think it's something like that. We're not exactly sure how it's going to play out, but um, especially with him sort of aligning himself with Hades, it seems like he's going to be kind of a, a god's errand boy. Yeah. Um. All right, this one I think is one that you'll like. So somebody, Miriam, asks, has anyone else noticed that Julia's Hedge Witch tattoos have disappeared this season? And asks if we think that's a continuity error or a side effect of magic going out.
2: I mean, I'm not sure. She could have potentially removed them.
1: I had, I have two thoughts about this. So I don't think it's a continuity error, Um because <laughs> the show is meticulous about um, about uh, sort of scene setting and, and um, all those little production design details. One possibility that's just like the the basic one is when um, when Marina slashed her tattoos. I don't remember if she had them back after that or if they just she. stopped working. She does because she, she has
2: to still have them because um Katie's mom like flashes hers and mm. and they're still slashed out, out to like be like, oh, we have like the same thing. Yeah. Um she I feel like she might have either potentially gotten them removed just to not remember them mm. or um or maybe we just haven't seen that part of her arm in a while. I don't know. She wears a lot of long sleeves. That's true. 99.9% of the time. Um, plus, it's, like, on the inside of her arm. So if she's not showing that, like, maybe they just yeah. haven't shown.
1: Another thought is that maybe maybe OLU removed them, or maybe she removed them herself, right? Like, she she has magic, and she seems to be able, I mean, you talked about her getting them removed, but, like, maybe that's a way of her healing herself, kind of like you were saying.
2: Yeah. Like, she might have removed them magically rather than actually doing them <laughs> in, uh, in a hospital. That shit hurts.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Logan asks, or Logan demands, give me all your book club conspiracies.
2: <laughs> I don't have any, to be honest.
1: The only thing I have is that the book club is connected to the order. That's that's really all I got.
2: That's what I'm assuming. hmm
1: Though, I also kind of wondered, one... Mm, one thing I'm wondering as I'm thinking about this is if the order actually exists right now or if Penny's going to create it basically since he's sort of like since Hades hasn't really talked to anybody else and Hades wanted him to join the book club maybe Hades is going to like maybe Hades is going to try to get him to form it through that potentially could be cool that's that's my best theory <laughs> on short notice yeah um all right I think that might everything. The only other thing we have is uh, best argument for the fairy queen. Uh, she had ten episodes of being a dick and one episode of marginally redeeming actions. I would say that her actions were a little more than marginally redeeming, but I do think that it's... I think she's going to have to to reckon with herself for the fact that she left those fairies on Earth for so long, knowing they were there.
2: hmm Yeah.
1: I'm... I am really curious how the like breaking the deal is going to make things shake out though.
2: Yeah. That was some intense blood magic she did too.
1: Yeah. Have we seen that sigil before by the way? I was it is it the one that like we see in in one of the keys? The one one of the ones we haven't seen yet? I don't know. I'm gonna Maybe. Look, I'm going to look up the seven keys really quickly. Um, you know, it doesn't look like that one. It looks different. So, I don't think it's that. It is interesting, though. Be curious to learn more. Okay. Uh, That's all for the episode, then, I think. Um, So then we have fashion. Did you have anything on fashion? I don't have much, but... I, Elliot's, like, dress that he is wearing with
2: pants underneath is great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, um... It's like a robe, I guess. A robe. I really liked Margot's outfit, too. Uh... I, I didn't like catch all the detail, but it looked kinda like I, I liked that it was like a tight bodice up up top, but like kind of a mix of like tough fabrics and lacy things.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to think, like Julie's been wearing more blazers. She's wearing a blazer again.
1: I love Julian blazers.
2: She looks good. <laughs> um, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of fashion in this episode.
1: Well, and I think I also, just because we we got it so late, um, I ha- didn't have didn't pay as much attention to that. Also, I was like super absorbed in the performances. I did notice a couple like little art department touches though, um in the library. The biggest one was the rug with that like zigzag pattern that's from Twin Peaks. um mm, yeah. Yeah, and especially with the the log lady reference with Finn earlier in the season, it seems pretty clear that that must be intentional. So I'm, I'm going to be on the lookout for more of those. Yeah, there's also you know I I hadn't thought about it as like more than a fun thing, but like in twin right like the way that the original Twin Peaks ends up spoilers if you haven't seen Twin Peaks, but also you've had like. 30 years go see it. Um (laughs) has it been that long already? (laughs) I I think not quite. It was like 91, but it's pretty close. (laughs) Um but yeah, like the way the original Twin Peaks ends, um, is like it turns out that there is kind of an upside down, right? Like there's a there's the Black Lodge where there's like an evil version of Cooper and um every everyone talks backwards. It's a little more complicated than that, but you know look it up on the internet, you'll see what I mean. Um, And that's where that rug is. Um, So, like, the whole, like, two worlds thing and, like, this kind of, like, flipped upside-down thing uh, makes me wonder if, like, that early reference was a clue to everything that we've been seeing since then.
2: Maybe. I mean, I'm sure they they take just from so many things, like, um, the writer of the episode was talking about how she... Um, was inspired by the cat bus from Totoro, my neighbor Totoro <laughs> for the, the underworld, um, big giant pig thing that they're talking about. Oh, so it's awesome. like, they take, they take from everything. Um, I, I'm still swear that in the last, in episode eight that they, they took the, all the blood magic from, um. Full metal alchemist, because it's a big thing about philosophy and equivalent exchange, which also ties in with religion as well. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh speaking of blood magic, sorry, I'm going back to like this is not even this episode, but um a lot of people have been asking if we're ever like when is the vial of blood that Quentin gave the like woman, the random like uh like fairy tale woods woman in the first season? when that's going to come back into play. Do you have any theories about that? Because we've seen a lot of blood magic in this season.
2: I really don't have any theories about it. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen there or why she would
1: want it. Um, well, so, I don't know. So one thing I was thinking, so I was talking to some folks on Reddit um, about uh, actually the next episode that's coming up and theories for that. Because as you know, um, I, 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 pretty heavily theorized that, um, that we're going to see Alice 23 again and, um, that she's going to be involved. I think I thought, I think I was saying that like, I think she's going to be involved in some of the conversations with the fairies and some of the negotiations there. Um, and how are they
2: going to do that
1: though? <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I i do not know how all of that's going to work. I can, I can read you what I said. It was basically, um, so one of the things that I, one of the things that people pointed out was in like promo photos, Alice in that the promo photos from the next episode, Alice is missing three fingers, just like Alice 23 is. Um, yeah. And in the Tesla flexion, when Quentin asks her about it, she says it's like the least of the things she lost trying to figure out how to retrieve or fix her Quentin's shade so we we know that the fairy queen has this penchant for taking body parts like Margot's eye and Fen's foot um and oh, yeah right so I was wondering if maybe that's where Alice's fingers went but now that I'm thinking about it that might also be where Quentin's blood went to the fairies yeah, if not directly, I mean, she, she didn't appear to be a fairy, and he, as far as we know, he ha- he doesn't see them, but I also don't know that he's been in a position to see them at any point. Like, I don't know if he's been anywhere where they've been. Um, I don't think she's a fairy,
2: but maybe she gave his blood yeah. in exchange for
1: a fairy deal. Yeah, that's something that I was thinking about as well. And that could be really an interesting way to, like, bring that thing back that has been gone for almost two seasons, um, and also like tie all these different threads together. But mm-hmm. yeah, like what the fuck do you think the fairies are going, or the fairy queen wants with all those body parts?
2: Hmm. I don't know. Maybe for some like kind of crazy spell.
1: Yeah. I think somebody who responded had like speculated and I think this makes sense, but I, I still don't know why that they were going to use it to like make something <laughs> like make a, Person-type thing? Person-shaped thing?
2: Ew. Yeah, that could also in line with, like, anime, for sure. Because, like, equivalent exchange, like...
1: Yeah.
2: They could definitely make, like, a human or a, a fairy or something. Or, like, a of... magic
1: Frankenstein. <laughs> that Nana's would be disgusting. <laughs> I kind of hope not. But... but, yeah, I feel like I... Like, that was the first time that I in that conversation was the first time that I thought about the fact that they were taking all those body parts as more than just like some grotesque thing. Yeah. Anyway, back to not fashion fashion section. Uh, the other thing that I want to mention, were just like this. I really love just seeing the sheer volume of books all over the library, especially after having Olivia tell us that like they read, they like would steal those books and read them, that they're all, that they're like mostly real books. Mm. um and then i just loved that the the like ticket out of the underworld was a metro card it just seemed like so perfect given that the underworld is like this embodiment of magical bureaucracy
2: yeah that was pretty funny um (laughs) kind of made me think of like harry potter and king's cross station and how king's cross is also like an in-between as well
1: yeah yeah okay um shall we move on to mvp Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so uh, my, mine's a loaded question. Uh, Candace Kane is my MVP, and my loaded question to you is, is there re- really any other option?
2: My only, like, quick thoughts were, um, like, before, like, the end of the episode was, like,
1: Hades. Yeah, he's, I mean, I mean, great.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, Brittany. Oh, my God, Brittany was amazing. Oh, my God, such she's
1: such so fun.
2: Um, but other than that, I was... Just, just like Candace, like the whole time. She she's incredible. She's like absolute perfection as the fairy queen.
1: Yeah, and that monologue is perfect. And actually, since I have it, why don't we just play that monologue right now before we before we give our our ratings? What do you think?
0: Sure. Alright. Though we've been separated by time and great distance, we are the same. We are spun from divine inspiration. Blessed. We are the living embodiment of magic. So I've come to restore your strength, to help you understand the glory of who you are. Your suffering is my suffering. Your injustice, mine. And when we are finally free, we are gonna hunt down every last living slaver, gouge out their eyes, Cut out their tongues and hang them by their own entrails.
1: And they did.
0: <laughs> they sure did.
1: All right, rating time. You want to go first?
2: <laughs> um, I'm gonna say like a nine point five out of ten.
1: <laughs> That's what I had at first, but I was like, "Who am I kidding?" I just want to give like the only reason I want to give it a nine point five out of ten is because. I've given so many tens this season, and I'm starting to feel bad about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, um, like overall, like it's like if you subtract the like Julia Fairy Fen plot, like the rest of the episode does not hold up to it, and that's probably why. Oh, and the Hades part—the Hades part was also <laughs> incredible.
1: So if you subtract eighty percent of the episode, the remaining twenty percent doesn't hold up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's I guess it's fair to knock off half a point for that. Um, I really did love this episode, though. It's so great. It's uh, really solidly written and acted, and the I mean, the shots are gorgeous. Like, the library is amazing. That dinner party scene is like really beautifully lit and shot. It is solid. True. All right. True. True. Any last thoughts, or are we done?
2: I think we're done.
1: All right. Thanks to all the listeners who tweeted at us. Um, and thank you just for joining us and listening this week. Remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. The more positive ratings we get, the higher we show up in search results, which means more fans can find us. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Physical Kids Pod.
2: Bye. Bye.
1: mind slut.
2: You're stuck in here now. Yeah. Yeah.